welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? Poo boy. Can you believe there are only two mm. weeks left in the regular season? Two games left That's until crazy. the fantasy football playoffs. It is nuts. This season has gone by faster than any other season that I can recall. And we've been out of commission for a couple weeks on the podcast with a little trickle of uh, throwback late post in there. Uh, nothing to say about uh, power rankings, of course, by comparison. Mm-hmm. This has been a, a daily episode podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, it's crazy to think that we are two weeks away from uh, essentially half of our league just becoming spectators. Yeah, you're right. And uh, we're looking at some pretty pivotal matchups because this last weekend, as we are going to recap here shortly, definitely impacted Squish Factor like I did not expect personally. And we're looking at a tight race, not only in the standings, but also if there's a potential tiebreaker, we're looking at some pretty close points for columns and even points against columns. And I'm excited to dive into that. We also have everybody's favorite. We got the playoff projections spreadsheet. You pull that thing off, shake the dust off of it. Oh, yeah. Blow it off. And, and you had to do some wizardry to uh, finagle it to handle both the division leaders as well as the uh, the the challenger. Call it the challenger token uh, uh, <laughs> at this juncture. <laughs> Is that fair to say? At this point. No, no, that's that's unjust. That's not fair. You know, I, I think the uh, the challengers have actually had quite a good showing over the last several weeks. It's like uh, all of a sudden they stopped playing the uh, incumbents and they started scoring a lot. Like just, I mean, just last week, Chewy and Ben went down to the wire with a matchup that was 170.6 Damn. points to 169 right. points. I mean, that was one of the highest scoring matchups of the year. So, uh, yeah, don't sleep on the challengers. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. That's fair. I got to say, I uh, <laughs> I played on a softball team a couple of years ago that I really enjoyed, and there were, there were multiple divisions within this league that I played. In fact, there were four, A, B, C, and D. And every season, which was only six weeks long, and you just play back to back to back to back, but every season, our team would fluctuate from the B division to the A division and then get beat up like crazy, go like one and five, mm, yeah. and then drop down to the B division and go six and oh. And then we'd move <laughs> up and go oh and six. And then we'd go back to the B. There was just a very stark line yeah. in between the two. And it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We, we were either crushing or getting crushed. And uh, I'll leave it at that. That's an interesting observation. Good story. I, 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 I have no desire a to... Little bit, a little bit of a non sequitur. That's right. Exactly. Why, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. I'm just throwing that out there to let people uh, know how I spend some time outside of fantasy football. For no other reason. Uh, but we, we do have some, some drama going on. Uh, there is now a three-way tie atop first place in the Challengers right. division. Right. We got Charles on a three-game win streak to get back to a five and six record. So Huge. he's a very streaky team. That's right. One, two to start the season. Lost six. Great, great body for it. <laughs> I'm just going to move right past that. 
lost six in a row to the incumbents division, as we all know, and now has won three in a row again against the the challengers. So uh, five and zero oh in division play, zero oh and six uh, not in division play for Charles, but he's in the driver's seat and he's got the the lead in points over Scott by about thirty and over Michael by wow. sixty two. Uh, as they're, the, those are the two teams he is tied with at five and six top of the challengers division. So yep. got some uh, important matchups coming up for uh, Charles and Stott and Michael. Yeah, that is certainly true. And I got to I got to tip my hat. I was not expecting after this past week for there to be three tied teams at seven and four. Within our incumbent division, two tight teams at six and five, and uh, there are to be three teams in the running at the top of the challengers, all of which are at five and six, and certainly did not expect for Mr. Congressman himself to be within that. In fact, kind of, I think when you and I last left off, I think that we were kind of predicting that uh, we knew that Michael Fitzsimmons was going to do pretty well and, and stay competitive. He had had some pretty big monster scores within a few weeks in there. Uh, which of the top three would you say is the most surprising within the challengers division to be in the running Pete? Uh, I mean, going back to the start of the year, Michael would probably be the most surprising one because I think we, we all dogged on his draft a, a good bit. So, Certainly. you know, for him, for him to still be hanging in there at the end of the year is, probably the most surprising but to see charles have the turnaround that he's had after losing six in a row is uh impressive as well but i'd say overall i've been most impressed with stott's management during the year so i I think all three of them have like a good story and a a good narrative surrounding their team and i kind of like it all right well uh is there anything we need to catch up on before we uh push forward and start talking playoff picture now I, I've got to, you know, kind of see check in how you're doing. You've hit a little bit of a rough patch, oh, with, especially with uh, with bye weeks mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks, and that's hurt you in the yeah. standings and in the points four column. So yeah. right now you're sitting, you know, tied with Brock at six and five, but uh, you're in must win territory because you're not going to have the tiebreaker over anyone else in the incumbents division uh, unless you put up a, a really big score this week or next. So, uh, how are you feeling? Kind of staring down the the must win situation here. Well, I knew I was going to take a loss to the monster in our league. I was not expecting that loss to be within what most of us would consider a reasonably attainable score. Uh, I, I think just we should definitely talk about that a little bit. We just do you, did. We do you did. have we literally no, just did? No, so. we need to dwell on it a little bit longer. Don't like <laughs> just move on to the next week. Uh-huh. You were playing Jared in uh, in week ten. That's right. Was it? Yeah. Uh, obviously, it looked like you were going to be uh, severe underdogs. Yeah, you had a bunch of players on by. Uh, he was projected to beat you by like 73 points or something like that, right? Right. right. Uh, you didn't really field a full team. Uh, he only put up 109 points. Do you think that that was a mistake uh, to, to not really field a full team, to 
to keep all your players on the bench when you should have made some drops and ads to get a more complete roster out there? So that's a great question. Hindsight would say, well, obviously it was a mistake because I could have won. I don't feel that per se. The the smarter people than I out there who do fantasy football for a living would, would say that fantasy football is a weekly contest and it's important to maintain that perspective. And as such, you need to, to be thinking about the week to week and everyone matters. And I, I made a calculated risk uh, with some trigger points inside it to determine my course of action. And the first of which was going, can I patch from the waiver? That's obviously the first thing I was going to go to is, is there big waiver elements that would potentially get me what I need? I didn't pony up quite enough. Uh, I ended up making some bids on players. I, I thought I paid what, what they were worth. Uh, there were some people who were more desperate than I imaginably and uh, picked up, I think it was three different holes that I was attempting to fill off the waiver wire. So that gave me approximately 48 hours less than to begin thinking about trade opportunities. Uh, and what that would have ended up doing uh, was put me at a real disadvantage because I was now trading out of desperation, which means the value of my players, uh, even based on where they were, which is already kind of kind of low, uh, would have been even lower. So my bang for buck has now considerably deteriorated. And at that juncture, I was still looking at getting crushed by 70 points. So the logic in me said I could either totally demolish, trade away my team just to fill them with potential, and even then I wouldn't get completely filled out, and, and I'm not going to actually increase my chances and for what to get within 30 or 40 points of competitive as opposed to uh, you know being down 50 or 60. So the risk-reward just wasn't there for me at that point. Uh, based on what I saw. So it wasn't worth trading away when I didn't pick up off the waiver. And that was disappointing to me, uh, but I decided not to trade away my team just for the sake of taking one W, but going, if I can take this loss, but then win out moving forward by maintaining my players that that have done well when they go gangbusters, the Patriots obviously being my uh, core and they have a pretty favorable schedule going into the playoffs, uh, that's what I'm going to have to lean into. So that's what I chose to do. It felt logical. Uh, it did not net me a win last week out of uh, a very unfortunate uh, and fantastic comeback that Derek made. And uh, so at that point, it was like, well, crud. But I really did believe I was making the best decision possible for my team Ironically, Jared reached out to me and confirmed that he also believed I was making the best decision regardless, <laughs> regardless of what he was saying publicly in the group me, uh, that he knew that my logic was sound. And uh, so I, ultimately, I did feel like I was treating it like a weekly contest. I had to make the best decision that I could based on what was in front of me. And that was, in my mind, the best thing possible. So it just didn't yeah, pay I, off. I, I, I think... Um... I think I probably would have done the same thing. I, I don't. I don't know if I would have gone as f- you know. You really leaned into it in terms of the lack of effort to to hold your players and not drop anyone. Right. Um, I feel like I probably would have done a little more there uh, in terms of trying to get a, a complete roster out there, fully expecting to lose, not 
you know, obviously not dropping any players that I expected to be starters in the long run. Right. Um, and, you know, you had so many buys, uh, you were limited That's right. uh, on what you could do. But, you know, you're right, hindsight and maybe a lesson learned for, for all of us here. Now, I think even more so than the potential win that you could have had, uh, you also have the tiebreaker of the points scored. Right. Um, that's a big impact. Also, uh, you I think the your next closest to Brock, you're 65 uh, points behind him, mm-hmm. um, and the tiebreaker. So, you know, getting even another 20 points or something uh, in that week would have made a difference, or it, yeah, it, it sure potentially could have made a difference um, sure. heading into these last two weeks. So, yeah, um, yeah you just you, you never know how things are going to break. That's right. I looked at uh, my schedule. Tough, tough to call. I looked at my schedule when it came to the points for and going, what what matters more, W's or points at this point? And it, to me, the clear decision was I got to go for the W. I looked at my schedule. I was playing you in week 12. I was playing a beatable, beatable Derek in week 11. And I thought, okay, I need to get these W's and not even worry about the tiebreaker and save my points for later. Because if I trade these guys away now, I'm never going to get more out of them. But then if I hang on to them, if I drop them, I'm dropping them for the bargage. Uh, and by bargage, I mean the garbage bin. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the uh, just I was kind of in a cruddy. I mean, the only thing hindsight wise that I could have done was just done a better job anticipating how bad of a hole that would have been two weeks before and trading one or two players high uh, at the peak of the Patriots uh, success and maybe netting some coverage spots a little bit more forward in the, the season. Yeah. So. yeah. Another thing, I, I rarely look at bye weeks. You know, when I'm looking at sure. players, drafting players, uh, adding players, I rarely look at the you know comprehensive makeup of the team in terms of bye weeks. Um, so that's, you know, something else to think about in the future going forward and and, you know some people say it's a legitimate strategy to stack up your buys one week and just punt that week and Mm -hmm. then you you should have a a stronger team the rest of the week but uh, to me there's to be so many roster changes in the season that uh i don't think that's that's really the best way to go i don't disagree but that's where i ended up (laughs) and we'll see i mean we will see that i need some w's here uh this is week 12 it was about i think it was four weeks ago that we, you and I were podcasting, and I was looking at a six and two record at the time. I think I was number two or three in the power rankings at, yep. that, at that juncture. And I told you, Peter, there is a very real chance. I said it on the air. There's a very real chance that I'm looking at a losing out all the way to the playoffs, and I finished six and seven. Yep. Uh, and uh, here I am, and uh, I am not. I'm not worried. Uh, but I am very aware of what I need to do and I'm hoping now I'm truly in just the week by week. It is a make or break, but it's not a make or break like desperation. It's a make or break. My team has to perform. Yep. Yep. Well, I think you've got a, a good chance this week, at least um, you're projected to win right now. And what's really, really exciting. I mean, just we, we have to pause mm-hmm. and reflect on this, even if it doesn't work out this way, just, Think about this. All right. If all of the current projected scores hold, there will be five teams in the incumbents division tied with seven wins. Oh my. Does it get going going into the final week? Does it get more squishy than that? I mean, that is that is the if if we were to to Snopes and uh, 
Urban Dictionary squish right now, what would we see? I mean, there will be teams that, if, if these scores hold, there will be teams in uh, one or two teams in the Intemis Division next week that lose and still make the playoffs on a tiebreaker of, of points. So, Folks, I mean, that's good television right there. Every point matters now, and certainly every win matters. Uh, yeah, so that's that. That could be a crazy final week. Uh, also, if projected scores hold, um, you know Charles is in a toss up right now with Chewy, but he's off off to a bad start. Uh, he plays Scott next week. Scott is currently projected to win. So then that game, Charles versus Scott, would be for the division title, most yeah, likely. That's right. Um, unless Michael can pull off the win this week, but he's certainly projected to lose. So yeah. uh, he's off to a bad start. So, I mean, there could be just boo-coos, boo-coos of Ooh, drama next boos. week. It's it's exciting. I mean, I would rather a close race to the finish be present in the league. There's much more to talk about and uh, much more to be excited about. It Once again, I say this often, it demonstrates the quality of our league, the engagement within our league, the expertise within our league, and overall, more fun. It really is a great. I can't say it yet, but you know what I'm going to say. It's the greatest yeah. event. Yeah. Like yeah. Just save it for later. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be looking at a uh, a, a short stuff tonight. A twenty minute <laughs> yeah. twenty minute run. <laughs> well, I think we've said all we can say. Let's it. <laughs> you stroke your ego. I stroke mine. <laughs> cut that out. Don't worry. I will say the projected scores are looking lower this week. Absolutely. It does look like a lower scoring week this week. Not to be uh, too much of a surprise. The reality is uh, our teams across the board are facing uh, a few buys. Uh, you've got a couple of buy holes this week. No. Uh, but also, everybody is, we're in that stretch. I mean, this is a marathon. It's not It's not a sprint. Yeah. And yeah. because it's a marathon, you're going to start to, you know, feel those shin splints a little bit towards, towards, <laughs> yeah. towards the uh, the finish line as you uh, maybe get, begin to see it in sight down the horizon. So I don't think there's a team that hasn't experienced a little bit of uh, of uh, puncture as we uh, are rounding the corner here towards the end of the season, the regular season. Yep. Yeah, I'm certainly feeling even the players that I have available to play. I feel like they're all injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, it certainly bodes well for me. Uh, I'd like to, you know, well, that was weird. <laughs> weird sound effect I just made. I'd, I'd like to uh, tip my hat to you uh, ahead of the weekend, Pete. This is the second of our hopefully two, maybe not, <laughs> hopefully two head-to-head matchups of the season, if not. Uh, I say that I would actually love to play you in the uh, the, the playoffs. I don't even know how that would uh, like the, how that how that could happen. Yeah, well, but it yeah, had to be, be the finals. I think it had to be the finals uh, based on a record. So because of that, I'll just say maybe I'm hoping this is the second of three head-to-head matchups that you and I will have this season. Do you recall what went down during week two, my friend? I remember losing. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking back to the score. It was a one-point-one-point <laughs> <laughs> point game. Yeah. I'm trying to remember... What went down? The well, details. It started out with Lamar Jackson going off. And this, yep. was, this was week two. 
And if you recall, oh, in, I remember in week yeah. one. Yeah, hang on. Okay. So <laughs> in, week, oh. in week one. Ouch. Yep. In week. Oh, it, it let, hurts. Me, let me just let me just <laughs> clarify. <laughs> oh. Yeah. In, in week in week one, uh, the uh, the Patriots defense was up against Pittsburgh, and they put up a respectable point total of 10 points and for a defense that's not bad they they won 33 to 3 so they they held Pittsburgh to just 3 points but still uh put up just 10 uh meaning that it was really Pittsburgh that lost not the Pats defense that won that week so nothing out of the ordinary but week 2 was when the Patriots defense took the gloves off and said we're going to go on a, I don't know about a 5 week tear where we just quake the boots of our opponents before we even show up. And I believe week two, the Patriots DST was the top scoring entity within the fantasy football ecosystem. Is that, does that ring a bell? I don't think there was a, I don't think there was a top scorer above the Pats defense that week. Not in our lead, not, not someone who has started in our lead anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the Patriots defense, then Mahomes, then Lamar Jackson were the, mm-hmm. the top scorers of the week. Yeah, but I mean that's not even the part that hurts the most. No, uh, it's it's remembering what happened on the Sunday night game of the Eagles playing at Atlanta. Oh yes, and uh, I had Alshon Jeffrey. Yes, who left early with an injury, put up a goose egg. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And you but you had also... Muhammad you had Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> that's right. Who caught a stupid little five-yard catch a, on the Falcons' a, last drive? A great little dump, like garbage time pass. That's right, just time killer is all it was. I gave you the victory yep. late, late on Sunday night. Yep, yep. That's that correct. that hurt. Man, that was. I think that was uh, New England's greatest win that week. They won forty-three to nothing. Amy. Yep. Absolutely. Sounds about right. Absolute blowout. Well, now I'm all fired up. I need revenge. Yeah. yeah. You're... It doesn't change a thing about my team, but... Yeah, now that I realize we've been talking about it for a few minutes, I was like, crap, What? I just set up a uh, a friggin' underdog situation. What, what was right. I thinking? That's right. Should have been playing this as a fluke the whole time. <laughs> no, it was totally fluke. No way. I should have lost. You deserve the win. Why don't you go ahead and take the W this week just to make up for it? That's, mm-hmm. That should have been mm-hmm. my posture. Crud. Yep. Well, you messed up now. Sure did. Well, with that, sir, do we have any other commentary on the league standings? I feel like you ribbed me a little bit for uh, my white flag decision of a couple weeks ago. I don't have much to rib you over other than where the hell have the power rankings been, sir? Uh, yeah, th- I've been uh, doing them, just not publishing them because I-, I like to put the comments in there and I haven't had the time or the the brain capacity to do the comments so i I should have just dropped them out you know simple lazy format um i I can run through them real quick so uh well hang on can we is there a legitimate excuse you say you haven't had the time is is work been crushing you it's it's been work does it does it come down to this little crafting project you've had on the side i realize you've been making jewelry i believe is is what no that's that's not me uh (laughs) Uh, it, it's yeah, it's been working. Uh, so 
the power rankings and, and really more importantly, playoff odds. As, as we look at it, playoff odds, uh, there are four teams with a 100% playoff odds. All right. Jared, obviously. Uh, Chris Windsor, Derek, and myself all have the 100% on the playoff odds, which is interesting. Congratulations. Which is interesting because it could very easily not work out that way. And especially Derek or myself could miss the playoffs on a, on a tiebreaker issue. So what's, what's wrong with our tool that it's giving you hundred percent odds? I think it's because of the points scored standings calculation. Yeah. We can't factor that in. Can we? Yeah. I think uh, some, something, so, something's off there. Um, it's based on the current standing, based on the current points scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you know if, if that changes, if you know there's a, a switch of one person moving up in the points scored in a different position, it would probably, it would probably change the the outcome. So sure. then for the rest of uh, for for you and Brock, it gives Brock the 64 percent chance to make the playoffs as the last spot from the incumbents division. It gives you a 36% chance of making the playoffs. So it's kind of a, a two thirds to Brock, one third to you for the, the last spot in right. the, in the incumbents division to make the playoffs. Yep. Charles has a 53% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, Scott at 34% and Michael at 13% All right. as it stands today. But that, that feels, could also, also change. That feels pretty accurate. I would, based on the hunch that I have here yeah. that that would, I would, I would expect that that doesn't surprise me. Yep. But yeah, I think if we saw Charles lose this week and Scott and Michael win though, uh, it would flip very quickly to like a 40, 40, 20, uh, situation with, with Charles being on the short end. But, uh, the, you know, the odds are just a percentage. Uh, the actual outcome could be very different. I think we saw Michael make the playoffs last year or no, it wouldn't have been last year. It would have been the year before. And at one point, he had maybe a 10% chance. But he went on a run in the last two, three weeks and got some help with other teams losing that needed to lose, and he snuck in there. And I think he ended up getting uh, second place. Maybe it was three years ago now, but uh, it was a, a cool thing for his team, I remember. You know, it's Michael, so no one remembers it because he doesn't toot his own horn um, at all. But I, I remember it. Mm, yeah, that was uh, that was the the year the playoff odds were the most incorrect. So well, stood out. There we go. Um, so that's where we sit. That's where we sit. And with that, the matchups are pretty critical. I'm watching Brock closely this week. He is playing Derek. Uh, Derek is seven and four. Brock is six and five. Derek just defeated me on a very close shave. Had I won that week last week, Derek would be. Six and five, and I'd be seven and four, and maybe I'd be sitting a little bit higher than Brock in the projection of the playoffs. However, yep. Brock, and that again, hindsight, uh, Brock is, and I had full expectation to win. I thought I had it in the bag. I wasn't going to say it because obviously, if you say it, then it won't happen. But in this case, I guess I believed it in my heart of hearts, and therefore I was punished. Yep. Can't do that. Nope. <laughs> Brock got a big jump start tonight. Deshaun Watson connecting a couple of times with DeAndre Hopkins for some seriously good catches. Uh, he ended up with two touchdowns this evening on Thursday Night Football here in Houston. And I didn't see the final. Did it uh, close out? I guess it's it done. Yeah, Houston won 20-17. So is. probably not 
not as much of a high-scoring game as several people were hoping it would be. There are a lot of fantasy players in this in this game. Yeah, there were across uh, you know, the whole league. Yeah, yeah, across the league. But Brock got what he needed uh, with Hopkins catching two touchdown passes from Watson. I have been on the receiving end of that a couple of times this year. It's not fun to play against, but uh, Brock's got it uh, several times. That that connection has been money uh, for him this season. So, yeah, his his studs were studs. Uh, really, the only stud left on his team is uh, Michael Thomas at this point yep. for the rest of the weekend. Right. So, I mean, you look, he's projected for... 137 points now, and 56 of it is in the bag. So uh, mo- most of his, his scoring is behind him. But I still think he's in a good spot to snag a victory against Derek this week. Right now, Derek is projected for 118. However, he does have Juju in the lineup, and Juju is not expected to play. So he'll slide someone in there. And wouldn't it have been nice if he had put Will Fuller in mm. score 21 mm. points? Boy, tell you That's what, more Will Fuller... Than, I about to say, it's more than once that Will Fuller has taunted Derek from his bench. Will Fuller has scored 77 points in two games on Derek's bench yeah, this year. That's right. The rest of the season combined, he has scored 42 points. If that. Across the other uh, six weeks that he has been active. So, Derek has missed... Will Fuller's best two games and at critical junctures. For <laughs> I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah. Had he be, uh, been on the board this evening, he would be projected even with uh, actually be projected to win by a point. So that doesn't feel good at all. I'm sure. Yep. However, yeah, I'll have uh, to uh, make sure we mention that in the group meeting. I'm sure we will. Post taste. Uh, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Jimmy G has looked pretty good the past couple of weeks, and they're up against Green Bay this weekend, so I do like that matchup. Um, I think that uh, with patching a hole of Juju, that um, Derek is not out, but he is down, and I would love to see Brock's remainder of his team struggle a little bit. I really do need Derek to win this week. Realize that. <laughs> yeah. So I need, yeah. I need Brock to be done. We'll see what see, happens. I, I'm, I'm cheering for the switch factor. I hope Brock wins. I yeah. think it, that would just be super fun to have so many teams with seven wins next week, even though that would mean that I would lose as well. I think it would be super fun. Sure. Um, and just kind of see what happens. Chips fall where they may. That's fair enough. What Derek needs, so Brock's studs were studs tonight. What Derek needs is for Derek Henry right. and Julio Jones to go nuts on Sunday. Those those are my two favorite players from his team. He needs them to have a big week. And he smartly has the Browns defense going up against Miami, which has been That's a pretty space. solid matchup for defenses all season. That's right. So I think Derek has a, a fighter's chance. He is a little bit behind the eight ball to start tonight, but I think he can make a comeback here. Yep. Well, let's hop over to the challenger head to heads that also have playoff implication. The first being Charles is up against Chewy. Now Charles uh, made a comment earlier about the, (laughs) the, the ceiling of Marcus Johnson uh, and whether or not he would outscore it. He did not this evening. Uh, Boy, 
Wouldn't, wouldn't that have been a funny bet to bet over under on two points and to lose on the over? Oh man. He did he touch the ball this evening? It looks like I, he it might have bounced off of him. He's got point three points and zero yards recorded. Maybe he got some like return yardage. Um uh, he had one target, no catches. I it's not be like return yards. Like he returned a punt for ten yards, and that was the only points he scored, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, projected for two point four points. Charles started him. I really, I mean, I don't think that was his only option. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, this is the this is I the mean, case. He he they up against Jacksonville. I think he recorded a touchdown last week, and so I yeah. think there was there was a very small percentage of people who saw that and went, okay, he's coming off of a big week. Uh, which was really more uh, a situation of, you know, he was available <laughs> to catch a touchdown pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, T.Y. Hilton has been out for the last several weeks, right. so Marcus Johnson has got a little more play because of it. But T.Y. Hilton was back tonight, mm-hmm. which means Marcus Johnson went back to being completely irrelevant. And approximately 0.7% of fantasy football players who own Marcus Johnson did not realize that. Because <laughs> that is the exact amount of percent that rostered him this evening. But like Charles has Emmanuel Sanders on his bench, who he's not going to be able to play now if Sanders is able to go, and he's been a stud. So this was this was a questionable decision. This one will likely get some extended run. The the name Marcus Johnson will live on in infinity. Especially- e- even if he didn't, you know, even if Sanders wasn't able to play. I think you don't start Marcus Johnson because you don't no, have to. No, you don't have you, to. You wait. You drop him. Yes. Because there are dozens of wide receivers projected for more than two points on the waiver line. That's right. <laughs> you go try to You throw a, throw a dart. And you'll, yeah, throw yeah. a dart, whack a mole. Someone from the waiver wire is going to do better than two points. But yeah, that was a... Uh, that was a bit of a gamble that did not work out. That's no. like when you play the uh, the three eight offsuit because you got a good feeling about it, and uh, most of the time that's not gonna not gonna yeah. win you the hand. So on on Chewy's side of things, his one two and three spots are all up against Patriots this week as the Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots go head to head. So he's Dak, Sony, and Rex all. Uh, going to be playing up against one another, and so, uh, and he's got Nick Folk. Uh, if that is uh, any uh, consolation there too, so plenty of uh, Pats in the game, as well as a couple of, well, sorry, I should say that they were in. plenty of Cowboys and a Pat going in, uh, and with that defensive matchup, maybe it'll be a shootout. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just go to town and it's just a really, really high scoring game. I haven't looked at the odds of it yet. I can't imagine that the Cowboys are going to pick apart the new England defense. I'm not saying it's going to be tough, but uh, I don't think that Chewy has a ton of offense upside in that. What do you think? I agree. He's coming off of a 170 point performance or 169 point performance, but I do not see that this week. Calvin Ridley's my favorite player on his team, going against Tampa Bay's poor secondary. But other than that, I think it's going to be tough sledding because, yeah, Dak against New England doesn't look real favorable, and neither do the New England running backs against the Cowboys' defense either. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of Chewy's players that just seem like they're going to be very meh this week. Yeah. All right, well, 
Do or die for Charles. We shall see. Where does that take us to? Back to a significant uh, matchup? Or back over yep. back over to the incumbent head-to-head, I would imagine? Yeah, we should probably talk about yours and mine now. Yeah, we, we might as well. And save, uh, save Jared and Windsor as the Dame of the Week. Is this the TNR Bowl? Did we ever name what this thing is? I feel like calling it the TNR Bowl seems oddly self-serving. Yeah, we need like a, a belt that goes to the winner. All right. Be arranged. <laughs> a bit a big WWE belt. <laughs> Whoever wins the TNR Bowl. I'm sure those are on Amazon. So <laughs> right now what we're looking at is I'm slightly over projected. Uh you currently don't have a kicker. I'm not sure if you make have plans on, on filling that between I'm, now and- I'm hoping someone goes on IR before Sunday and then I can move him to the IR slot and add a kicker. Okay. That's that's the plan. Gotcha, because you don't want to drop anybody for a kicker. I will drop someone for the kicker if I need to. I just I think Damien or I think Devonta Freeman will move to the IR slot, and I can uh, yeah. add a kicker without burning someone from my bench. I don't think he practiced today. I, I'm expecting him to be out this uh, this week. Hopefully, he comes back next week. No, he did not practice today. So yeah, you should be all right. They sideline him. But if they don't, who would you drop? Just I would drop Tony Pollard if I had to drop someone. Or Damian Williams. He's on bye. Maybe I'll save Pollard in case Zeke gets hurt. There you go. Yeah. But I'm I'm missing Travis Telsey on bye, Christian Kirk on bye, and Mike Williams on bye, mm-hmm. which obviously they're not like the studliest of studs, but on my team that's a sure. pretty solid group from my sure. core core of my team. So I'm I have a lower projection this week. I do still like a couple of spots. I think Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, might have a good week finally against Miami's defense. And I kind of like James White against the Cowboys defense. I feel like New England might use him a lot in this game to throw him some quick passes awesome. and uh, get him out there in space against the Cowboys defense. So that, I would love to see that if James White could rack up a 6-7 catch performance. But you know that's not a ton to write home about. I love I love Lamar Jackson. He's the number one quarterback, and he's super fun to uh, watch his highlights. Uh, I, he's almost defense proof. Like it doesn't matter, really matter who he's playing against. He could have a, a thirty point week. So uh, we'll see what the Rams can do to slow him down. He's playing on Monday night. I hope he's my hammer. Uh, I hope I'm within spitting distance of you by the time we get to Monday, so that I can have a little comeback victory of my own. But as it sits right now, I think I'm certainly the underdog. Yeah. I think you are the underdog. I don't feel great about my projection. I think I'm overprojected. But, you know, it hurts not having Adam Thielen, who has been my really one true yeah. stud, which is remarkable because Matt Ryan started out super hot and has since cooled. But, man, who would have thought Alvin Kamara would – uh, been so uh, underperforming. I mean, I think he's got two touchdowns for the season. The season. And they were both in one game, weren't they? Does he have a third touchdown? He has a rushing touchdown. No. He's got two touchdowns. So, and they, yeah, they were against Seattle in, yep. week, in week three. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, but he's been in double digits every game sure, except for yeah, one. Except for one, but even then... Yeah, teen double digits. I and last week he was on a tear for yardage, but didn't get the ball in the end zone, which would have been nice because well, yeah, he's had very little. He has eight catches and ten catches the last two weeks, so mm. 
be still putting up some good good scores for you. And now playing at home against Carolina, that's a really good this matchup. This one, I'm hoping Here. we have a, a high, high. I think your two studs, Matt Ryan and Alvin Kamara, have awesome matchups this week with Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay's uh, porous secondary and Alvin Kamara against Carolina's vulnerable rush defense. I think those are both really good matchups for you, and I expect them to put up uh, really good points. Right. Yep. We will see. I I do think I have the advantage, and as I already showed my cards earlier, uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to lose this one because I've already touted that I look better. But I just want to be within like 25 points so Lamar Jackson can break your heart by Monday on Monday that's, night. Wouldn't, that's wouldn't that be just the pinnacle of my fantasy football career right there? Just the yeah, would, classic Monday put a nice, night, nice Monday night cherry stud on the top. nail in the coffin. That's right. <laughs> All right, where does that take us to? Probably over to, uh, you want to round out the challengers and then come back to the game of the week? Yep, so let's talk about Stott. And Ben's matchup, Stott is currently projected for 120 points. Is that right? Yeah. 120.4, up against Ben at 105. Yeah, Stott's off to a lackluster start. He uh, played Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton tonight. They combined for 7 or 18 points, and that's certainly under projection. T.Y. Hilton has always torn up the Texans, but I guess it's possible he wasn't fully recovered. I did see him have a couple of balls get knocked right out of his hands right at the last second, so that would have definitely made a difference for Stott here. He also has got Michael Gallup against New England. That's a tough matchup there. Other than that, I think he's got some pretty good matchups across the board. Mm. A couple of good spots for uh, for him with Nick Chubb at home against Miami. Yeah. And Hunter Renfro uh, against the Jets defense. I think that's a, a sneaky good spot for Renfro. On Ben's side, he's still rocking pretty much the same team he always has, but he doesn't have a lot of great matchups here except for Sam Darnold at quarterback. And... Maybe on Bell's okay this week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, just Oakland. Yep. But I think that I think the Jets could win that game, so that could be a good performance for uh, Ben's Jets. Not that he's paying any attention to what's going Zero on. Zero attention. But yeah, he's got Devonte Adams. He'll probably get into the starting lineup uh, sitting on his bench right now. So, and uh, his kicker's on by. So get a new kicker in there, and Ben could definitely make a game out of this, and certainly would have a chance to to beat Scott. Uh, yeah, he would. And what was Scott? He was at 50, 36%. Was that what was? Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah. The 34, 34%, something like that. Okay. Yeah. We'll see what, what Ben makes of it. Yeah. Ben's uh, only in the business of disruption at this juncture, though. That's right. We shall right, see. Something to play for. Yeah, that's true. Depends on what kind of gentleman. Uh, he is, and also what kind of backdoor dealings might be going on off the radar. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, let's talk about Michael and Andy's matchup, mm-hmm. the, the the New York matchup here. That's right. So Michael needs a win, and he is off to a bad start with Carlos Hyde putting up seven points and Zach Pascal putting up a goose egg. Mm-hmm. But Andy also has Tanny Stills only scoring one point six tonight. So this was, you know, this was the the guys who needed some production on the Thursday night game and got nothing. Uh, Andy is currently projected for one eighteen, Michael for one oh five. So I think Michael's been putting up some lower scores lately. 
some of his best players haven't been really doing a lot of work. So this might be a tough one for him. And I think he's got Marquise Brown in the lineup for Monday night. I don't think he's going to play. So I'm not loving a lot on Michael's team right now. And I think the, the low projected point total at this point is uh, pretty accurate. So this might be one that Andy 10 plays some spoiler on. I would imagine Brandon cooks would likely be the obvious slide in to replace that, which is not a bad matchup, honestly, up against Baltimore this week. Um, and the, um, Tom Brady being at the helm with Andy's team. I, I do think that Michael has the uphill battle here. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think that either team is going to score remarkably high. We might see a rush, you know, race to a hundred point <laughs> victory here Yeah, by the weekend. Yeah. This is not uh, too surprising. There's a lot of low scoring games out there this weekend, but this is, Definitely looking like one of the lows. <laughs> well, we're looking at uh, yeah, yeah, no comment. All right, so the uh, does that round us out over to the game of the week? On to the game of the week, the highest game of the scoring week, 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 game week, of the week. week the game uh, between the number one and number two power rankings teams this week. The two teams on the longest win streaks of the season. Hmm. There's a lot going on here. That's a good Jared has won factoid. 10 games in a row. Chris has won six games in a row. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. So earlier this week, Brock asked me who I thought was the scariest team in our league as it stands right now. And I texted him back without hesitation. I was like, that's Chris Windsor. Chris Windsor has uh, the most... Of all of, uh, as I said earlier, all of our teams are a little pop-marked right now. Uh, his is pretty strong. I think his biggest injury is pretty insignificant being Marlon Mack, who is not necessarily a starter week-to-week anyway that he would count on in that regard. He is getting hit with some significant buys this week, but even with those buys, his team has a pretty formidable lineup. So looking over at Jared, who's coming off of not one, but two back-to-back underperforming weeks, did get off to a pretty strong start, uh, again, benefiting from the Colts-Texans matchup tonight. Jonathan Williams putting up a, a touchdown and over 100 yards, kicking him off to 23 and change. Colts defense did not do uh, a whole lot for him. Ended up losing to Texans 20-17. to they did have an interception, but beyond that, uh, the head start is currently projected at about 14 points or so. So with this, it is going to come down to, well, how would I summarize or what I believe to be the key to the game? Uh, I guess it's going to come down to, well, see, I want to say stud performance, but I don't believe that. It's going to come down to they need each of these players and or managers in my opinion needs to score average or above across their whole board that's what i think i think it's going to come down to key performances across the roster and not just stud performance what do you think pete i think jared is doing a very fine job of filling in his running back spots when he has been hit with significant injuries where it looked like he would have james connor and david johnson as a couple studs in there 
and they've been hurt or completely ineffective. So right now he's got Jalen Samuels in there. He had Jonathan Williams tonight go off for 23 points. That's a really strong performance, basically probably for free off the waiver wire. So good, good moves by Jared. I think this one is going to be tighter than it certainly would have looked the way these two teams have been playing the last couple of weeks. I think Chris got high score last week, put up several good scores in a row now, but this week isn't looking quite so strong for him. I do like Dallas Goddard for him. You can never dislike Christian McCaffrey. He's pretty much a score against no matter who he plays against, but at New Orleans is, is a tough matchup. It'll be interesting to see what Chris Godwin does for Chris. He's been in a little bit of a slump lately after starting out uh, completely on fire at the beginning of the year. He's not topped 14 points in the last four weeks. Now he plays Atlanta's defense, which has been improving the last couple of weeks, shut down both New Orleans and Carolina. And it'll be interesting to see if they can shut down Tampa Bay, and especially Chris Godwin for Windsor. I think this is going to be a rebound week for Jared's team, and he should pull out the victory here. But I agree with your assessment of Windsor being the serious team in the league. I have thought that from the beginning of the season, when I ranked him number one overall coming out of the draft. Certainly didn't look like such a good ranking to start the year, but a lot of his same players are still there. He's definitely made a bunch of trades and moves to improve his roster, but I mean, he's... That'd be one of the favorites headed into the playoffs at this point. That's right. Well, what is the significance, uh, if any, of who wins this game going into the the bracketeering question? Not obviously playoff picture from a make it or break it, but a advantage disadvantage of seeding. So Jared, it doesn't matter what Jared does at this point. He has the first round by locked up. He's got the division win. He has the okay. first round by locked up. So it doesn't matter for him. All right. For Windsor. A win here guarantees him a playoff spot. A loss here puts him tied with seven wins along with everybody else mm. going into next week. So mm. that could be... It, it's definitely a much bigger game for, for Windsor than it is for Jared. Mm-hmm. And maybe Windsor would make the playoffs no matter what, uh, even, if he, even if he lost out, because he would likely have the tiebreaker, yeah. but... Yeah, I, I think he probably would, but you never know if uh, yeah. how, how things are going to play. You're right there with him in points, though. So if he does lose, that that gives you an advantage. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even like I try trying to figure out what's the scenario where Windsor, me, or Derek doesn't make the playoffs. But, sure, but Derek is a, is nearly a hundred points behind you in points four. So you have you have this situation where with uh, Chris, if he loses and you put up more points this week, you are now looking at, especially if you get a W, you could lock in your player playoff position with that, and he could be looking at the tiebreaker. Now he's still depending on what Derek does, which I don't think Derek is going to come back on it. It's 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 you or him. It's going to determine who's getting the free bye week. That's what y'all are battling for. So here's the big wrinkle to this. You and Brock play each other in the final week. Yeah. So that means one of you cannot get to eight wins. That's which correct. is which is the only way basically that's the only way at, at this point that Windsor, me, and Derek don't make the playoffs. 
the only way that y'all don't make the playoffs is is if both you and Brock could get to eight wins. But and we can't, at this but point, we can't. Yeah. at this point, you can't. So I think that's that's why it's a hundred percent. That's why the odds sheet has a hundred percent for the top four teams. Okay. Because you and Brock, one of you could get to eight wins, but the other of you is tapped at seven wins. Mm-hmm. And si- since Chris, Derek, and I already have seven wins, and uh, Brock could take the tiebreaker from Derek, but it's unlikely that you or Brock take the tiebreaker from Windsor or I. So I think that's that's the interesting part about this week and makes this week and all, all the bigger week for you and Brock to get say, away. I need Brock to lose. <laughs> it <laughs> comes back to what I said at the beginning of the show. I really am watching Brock's game because I really need him to lose this week. But really everyone's got their fate in their own hands. If you just handle your business and get your wins, you're in the playoffs. I thought it comes down to my points for if you win this week and next week, you're in the playoffs because okay. you'll be, at, you'll be at eight wins. Sure. And you'll, you'll definitely get in. Gotcha. But if I win this week and lose to Brock, you're most likely out. I'm most likely out, depending on the point situation between Derek and Brock. If you win this week and lost next week, you need Brock to lose this week and mm-hmm. you to pass him in points. So you'd have to outscore him by 66 points between this week and next. Yeah. Oh. So you, you, you need to win out. That's basically right. that's right all right well hey you've got your mission i do so pete what's it worth to you after we're done recording well i just i want to you know you need to think about your playoff position and there's no better week you've already locked your position essentially there's no better week than, than to, you know, you, you throw off suspicion. If you submarine this week, everybody's going to know you're bracketeering <laughs> next week. But if you start this week, just make some questionable subs. Just take some risks and uh, work on your work on your bracket off spot. Your bra- work on your bracket spot. I, can't, I don't even know what spot I want to be in with the playoffs. I'm not even going to look at it this year. I'm just going to play uh, it down to the wire and see what happens. Question. I mean, who do you want to play? Do you, would you rather play... Would you? Well, who do you want to go through? That's the better question. Would you rather go yep. through Chris to get to Jared, or go through Jared to get to Chris? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's a good good question. I'm not even gonna uh, put <laughs> put that bad juju on me and start thinking about it. <laughs> We've been down this road before. <laughs> I don't like the way it ended. All right. Well, that is fair. All right, man. Well, good analysis. We gotta love the drama. We certainly do. I got to ask you before we sign off, has your wife uh, been sniffing out any of the drama? Has there been a uh, an uptick in her interest as we get closer to the playoffs? Uh, no, but maybe if she's on sleep tonight, I'll, I'll run through some of the scenarios of the playoff standings for her just to yeah. help her get right to sleep. Yeah, I wait for Allie to be asleep, and then I kind of like whisper, <laughs> hey, hey, Allie, this is the situation. And I kind of pretend like she responds, and oh, you so great. Oh, thanks. Thanks, babe. It's fine. <laughs> Love you, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. It's really down to the wire. Yeah. Wow. No room for error. That's a really Man. good question. You asked you're, that. You're, Let me, I'll, explain, I'll explain my rationale. I'm so glad you did me. 
<laughs> That's how I fall asleep. Wake up, Seth. Read it again. <laughs> oh, man. Good show, Pete. Good to be back on the air with you, sir. Yes, sir. And good luck to you this week. Thanks very much. And, and, and good luck to you. Wait, we may we both store lots of points and may it be a good, fair game with no one getting hurt in the last game of the week. Here, here. I couldn't wish anything more for the greatest fantasy football league in the world. This is its podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Barton. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.